0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, as I record this on Friday the 26th, very late. Yep, I just got out of bed. Whatever I have. Tonight, tomorrow night, Sunday night and Monday night. That's four more shows, only four more hours here at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. If you know anybody here, do tell them to come along and uh, I'd love to see them there. And then after that, I'm going to go to sleep for September. But you can check out, um, if you go on to desbishop.net, there are uh, tour dates for Des Bishop. the, uh, the, The final few dates of his tour, Me and Mama, Des is going on tour. It is an absolutely fantastic, wonderful show and you can catch me there. Opening up uh, the shows. There'll be shows in Cork. Oh, sorry, I got hiccups. Go away. Uh, Drogheda, mental. Drogheda, that, that venue. Whoa, it's my favourite. Anyway, you can check out desbishop.net. I'll put the links in the description to this podcast. And there's a Stephen Mullen tour coming in Ireland soon. Don't you worry, but all will be revealed in time to come. Oh, yeah. Um,. Emma Doran, if you Google Emma Doran, is doing a sh- her show in Liberty Hall. On, the first one was on November 4th. The first one has sold out, so another one is going on sale for that as well. And I'm going to be opening that show as well. So um, if you're fans of Emma Doran as well, check out Emma Doran. More tickets will be going on sale for Liberty Hall because the first one sold out. And that is it for the, this moment in time. Um, there will be loads of club dates coming up over the next while. I will give you a shout about them when I come back to the future whatever that means this is going to be fun let's do this (laughs) yeah 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 welcome back Lovely to be back, ladies and gentlemen. It feels like a long time since I've recorded the podcast because last week's episode, which was hugely popular, um, was recorded a long time before I actually released it. So it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the mic, well, on the podcasting mic. Now, I was informed this morning that the place that I'm staying um, is actually quite close to some beautiful nature, a mountain and a beautiful walk in the woods and all that. Literally 10 minutes walk. I had no idea. Uh, and I was only saying to my housemates last night as we went out for dinner that I was... Um, they were asking, what are you going to do when you get back to Ireland? And uh, I was like, I just think I'm going to climb a mountain. I think I just need to be in nature. I think I need to be away from all the madness because... You know, being at this festival is like being. Do you know when you go to a musical fest, a music festival like Glastonbury or something like that, or electric? Not even. I'm I'm thinking about the mad ones, not just electric picnic, because I think that's supposed to be quite sophisticated. I haven't been, but I don't know. But it's like being at a music festival every day, all of the time, for a whole month, without the performing. It's exhausting. You know, it's great, it's brilliant, and it's very special, but it is exhausting as well. So. Um, I was like, I think I really think I need to get in, into some nature. And they were like, you know you're about 10 minutes walk from a fucking mountain, you twat. <laughs> I had no idea. I literally have to go out the front gate, take a right and walk straight for, they, they reckoned about 11 minutes. And I'll be in this wooded area. And I'm like, wow. So I'm going to do that this morning. But I was going to bring the podcast gear with me to do it this morning. But then I've already left it late enough. So I said, look, I'll get this done here. Bish bash bosh, get it up for you guys, because I apologize, by the time you get it, it's going to be a little bit late, but hey, what are you going to do? I hope you're well. I got lots and lots and lots of messages from people from about last week's podcast. Some were even commenting on the anti-English vibe that was going on, which is xenophobic in its own right a little bit, but yes, that was what happens when the, the blood gets boiled, um, and it was because of that young man's privilege what an idiot. And I forgot to say afterwards, I only put it up on social media afterwards, but after that whole pitch and put incident, if you haven't listened to that episode, then you're gonna to have to go back and listen to it. After that whole pitch and put episode, um Dez looked up the rules and they were completely in the wrong. They're not allowed to be lying on the pitch and put course. Yes, it's a public park, but the idea is that it's public where, you know, it's not really maintained to that much of a high level, the, the pitch and put course. And anybody can play. That's the idea of it being public. You don't have to pay. There's no greenhouse fees. You just go and you play and you have your laugh. Um, You're not supposed to sit in the middle of it, you assholes. Anyway, let's not go back down that road again, okay? Because I know that podcast got lots of you angry as well. Loads of you. <laughs> Loads of you are there listening to it going, "That was fucking English. <laughs> I don't know, you weren't in an English accent. But anyway, um, yeah, loads of people text me getting wound up, wound up about it. I wanted to punch that fell in the face. <laughs> it's like, this is supposed to be an entertainment podcast keep you entertained. Jesus Christ, I would have killed him. I would have shoved them pigeon pot clubs where the sun don't shine, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it was great, yeah, it was great to, to hang out with Dez. I'm honestly... So, Des was here for the first two weeks, he was doing his show here for the first two weeks of Edinburgh, and it has no been the same since Dez has left, I'm not going to lie to you, because um, we had a good routine going, we did our pitch and put. we had breakfast in the mornings, We uh, his apartment was near to my venue, so it was a perfect hangout halfway spot between my shows and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, when Dez left, it just wasn't the same. Although he's delighted to be back in the US, let's be honest. With you. he lives in the Hamptons. He's like, bro, why do? I, why would I ever have to leave this place? You know, so he's right. He's right. He's absolutely bloody right. So, um, uh, what has been going on here since then? Well, I've been keeping you up to date enough, uh, in the at the Edinburgh Fringe. What's been going on at the Edinburgh Fringe? But as I said to you, it's it's a very weird space where you feel like the days are flying like you get up and before you know it you have to be doing a show like it's i'm recording this at quarter past 10 in the morning now i haven't got my show doesn't start technically till 5 p.m but my my hour show but it kind of feels like the time between now and five just goes like so quick so quick i can't have to leave here from where i'm staying around two o'clock anyway and I start flying around three. I put a good solid hour and a bit in. And then by the time it hits four, I just have to start going and getting ready. Quarter past four, I've got to be in the dressing room, start getting the the gear on. And um, I've never had to do this before for a show. But this will show you how tired I am. I've never felt a necessity to have to gear myself up to perform. Not in stand-up, anyway. I've never had a... um. I need to get my energy up and maybe I should maybe this is another lesson that I've that I've learned that I shouldn't be too casual walking on stage sometimes the casual thing really works in comedy clubs anyway but comedy clubs are a completely different animal you know I only got to do 20 minutes, half an hour max. That's nothing in the context of this. And there's an MC warming up the room and there's somebody, you know, getting the crowd going and all this kind of stuff. But with this stuff, you are the show. You've to put on the show from the start. There is nobody cheering you on stage. I've stopped introducing myself from side stage. I think I've, I might have told you guys this already. Usually you might be side stage going, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Or whatever, to get the crowd going. But I stopped doing that because I just like I can't bear doing that anymore when there's a tepid applause out there. And like being honest, lots of times you might fill the room full of people who have no idea who you are. So they just bought a ticket to something that was in the vicinity and they come along and they're like, they're not that excited to see me at all. So I stopped doing the side stage introduction thing and I just walk on to the music and I just try to figure out from there. If they clap, they clap. If they don't clap, I'll figure it out. And that has been my attitude. And it makes me a much better comedian. Because you can be taken a room from absolutely nothing at some points. So I've enjoyed that challenge of it. But what I have found is before the shows now, I'm really having to... I don't want to use the word psych myself up, but I suppose that is what it is. I have a full routine now where um, a quarter past... Uh, I get into the dressing room and uh, in my in my normal clothes, I'll do some stretching because my back is actually quite stiff and my legs will be quite stiff from the fly ring because <clears throat> it's quite a bit of standing around or um, uh, just trying to get, get people into the show. Um, so my back will be stiff at that point and my legs or whatever. So I do a bit of stretching and then I get into my clothes. As some of you have seen, some some uh, lilac, a lot of lilac going on this year for whatever reason. Whatever, I don't know why. Um, I get into the close. and then <clears throat> around half past four. So the shows at a twenty. Uh, the show starts at five to five. So at half past, I put on my AirPods, my fucking second pair that I had to buy because I lost the first one. Did I tell you about that? I'm sure I did. Nightmare. Um. AirPods, house keys and sunglasses all lost in the first week at Edinburgh Fringe. Touch wood, I'm touching wood now, there will be nothing else lost. Um, So around half past, I put in the AirPods, I'm in my clothes, I'm in my performance clothes and I have a playlist. And that playlist is specifically geared to get my blood up. Because my blood has to be up. I have to be the energy. I have to bring the energy in these performances. I can't be counting on them. There will be audiences that will be dead at, at moments in the show or at the beginning of the show. And I have to figure out a way to bring the energy into the room so that people are feeling energy in this show. Um... You know, that some of these people will be going to see five shows a day or whatever like that. So they're sitting down in front of me thinking, I'll just have a bit of a nap here. Or I'll just relax watching this show. And I have to go, fuck that. Come on. Let's put on a show together. Let's do this. So, uh, I'm in my clothes. I put in the AirPods. I got the playlist. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what is the kind of things I'm listening to. I don't even know if I want to give it away. Maybe it doesn't matter. It starts off with Morning Glory by Oasis. Now, it's specifically the riff at the top of that tune that makes me go, oh yeah, here we go, here we go, and it's, uh, oh yeah, it's the helicopter, <laughs> at the start of that, and then it's the riff of the, do, <laughs> I didn't appreciate that song when I was a kid. That was my first album I ever got was What's the Story Morning Glory, the Oasis album on cassette tape. Um and I didn't appreciate that song at the time. I was more into Champagne Supernova, which is still a great song and other stuff like that. But now I appreciate uh, Morning Glory for the fucking power of sound that it makes. Jesus. So then um So that one's on first. Then, this was the closing track of... And I'm a big fan of The Prodigy as well. But this was the closing track of Matt Ewan's show. highly recommend going to see Matt Ewan's at the Edinburgh Fringe. But it's called uh, Light Up the Sky from one of The Prodigy's latest albums. Um, So that's on next. And then because I was in Prodigy mode, I was like, Hmm, let's just put on Voodoo People. So... So that's on as well. So you can imagine... My blood is pumping at this stage. I'm out the back of the building. Then at this stage, in my in my clothes, and I'm walking up and down. I'm pacing up and down. And there's people in a car park going, "What is that guy doing?" He's talking to himself. He's moving around, but they can't hear the prodigy. And I'm just dancing away to the prodigy myself. I have a water bottle that I I do this kind of. It's hard to explain the specific throw around the back. I flick it over the back of my shoulder and catch it at the front and flick it over and it goes in a circle. And it's just a lovely movement to get your kind of kinesthetic, get your brain working. I like doing that as well. While all this is happening, I hold in my hands the notes of the show. It's kind of like uh, the roughest set list that I've had. It's the last set list that I've written before I stopped writing set lists. Because every day I would go through the set list for the first couple of weeks and I would write them all out. And then I just stopped writing them out because I think I know what the show is. So I have the roughest last set list and I kind of look at minutes of that and look at moments of that and go, oh, don't forget this bit here or don't forget that bit there. And I'm dancing around and dancing around. And then the last song comes on. And the last song is, so this playlist is, I think, 17 minutes long. The last song is the song that is the intro to the show. I am not going to tell you what that is because you're going to come and it's kind of part of the show, so I can't tell you what that is. So that closes it off very nicely and get me into the headspace of, of, of being there for the show. And uh, the show before me starts to come out. They have a bit of gear to get out and they say hi and I say hi. I walk into the room and I can feel the heat of the room. And I go turn up the air con, open the doors, let the air out. My tech Caroline arrives and she's like, How are you, honey? She's from Fermanagh. And she's like, How are you today? Now there's a there's a queue out there for you now, or else there's no one out there. <laughs> and um we just start setting the stage lighting to my uh to my settings. They set up the mic, they do all those bits and pieces, and I start pacing around the stage and I start we do a sound check and I start talking in the microphone and farting about And then we just double check that everybody knows what the cues are for the beginning of the show, the music, the lights, and all that kind of stuff. And then they go, we're ready when you are, Stephen. And front of house go, are we ready? And I go, let's do this. And I go back behind a black curtain. And I can hear people coming in as the music is playing. At a certain point, the lights go down and I pull back the curtain and walk on stage. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, yesterday when I was out flyering, I was going through the assembly gardens in George Square and there was all these mad bitches, and I don't mind saying mad bitches because they would describe themselves as mad bitches, big drinkers. And uh, it was four o'clock in the day when I met them, and they're already hammered. They're on these picnic benches. They're Glaswegian women from Glasgow. And um, I reckon 50s at least, maybe more, could be more. And they're hammered. And they start having the crack with me. And uh, I'm kind of going, geez, this would be great for the show, you know. My friend, the comedian, Nikki Britton, was with me as well. And uh, she starts kind of having the crack with them. Oh, he's great, he's great. He's really handsome as well. That's what all the female
2: If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157
1: days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just
2: a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
1: like to do to make a show of me they fly her away and they go um uh, go Stephen Mullen, show he's really funny and he's handsome look 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 and they point over at me and make me embarrassed but they think it's funny because I get embarrassed anyway we're there with these Glaswegian women and we kind of are chatting together and I'm like dude come in it'd be great to have you because I have somebody from a, a specific comedy festival that I'd love to play and um, is coming into the show so I'm like oh I'd love to play uh, at this comedy festival I'd love if this person really loved my show so, the more people I can get in, the, the better. You'd think, wouldn't you? I didn't anticipate how much these women had drink, drunk. Drank. Who knows? They did come into the show. They came in late to the show. <laughs> and they were doing a running commentary throughout the show. It was amazing, but you had to get the fine balance of getting them to listen to the story of the show or to the the routines of the show. It was a fine balance between that and having to deal with some of the sometimes funny stuff they were saying or ridiculous stuff they were saying, but also not lose your head at them. I also had a drunk Canadian in the front row who was just constantly commentating like, and there was a, a Glaswegian fella as well who was, do you know what, they were all really nice, they were all really into the show, that was the thing. So I couldn't, you know, I did ironically, kind of comedically give out to them all for chatting while I was, you know, trying to deliver the show. But they were actually really into it, and that's what I, um, I loved. So you, I couldn't really give out to them because they were just into it, and that's they kept going. Oh, that's right. They were like, I might say something about anxiety, and they're like, Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes people, blah, blah blah. I was like, Okay, this is a hypothetical conversation. You're not actually supposed to respond at this point. Laugh, that'd be great if you laughed at what I'm saying. it was wild it was an hour of wildness sometimes i am my tech caroline sometimes when i get to 50 minutes which is close to the hour she might flash me a light just to let me know that that's where i'm at and usually that gives me a a cue to kind of go if you haven't finished that routine finish that off because you've got two routines now to finish off the whole show so crack on with them but i had no idea when i got to the 50 minute mark i was trying to keep an eye on the time but when i got to the 50 minute mark she flashes the torch i haven't done half the bloody show I was like, Jesus. So I had to drop loads of stuff and kind of finish the show a bit differently because they were commentating every little bit. But they loved it. At the end, you know, they were hugging and kissing and clapping and the whole lot. And it was it was madness. And it was the worst show that I could have ever had for, some, for a, a comedy producer to come in and watch because, you're like, you want to show that you can really do a show and put a good act together and put a good show on. But because it was the worst show, she got to see me just being myself and dealing with a mad audience and ending up having to MC a show as well and all that kind of stuff which in the end turned out to be a good thing because they were loving the the fact that the show was falling apart that just like made it very even funnier that's what got the bigger laughs you know i'm talking about like difficult experiences that i've had in my life but i'm kind of going not as difficult as this gig and they're all like hey <laughs> But they were brilliant, all those Glasgow women, they were brilliant, they were good fun, and the front row we had um, a Canadian woman and a Scottish couple, and um, we had an English couple in the front row, God bless them, They got booed because I said I wanted to be English at one point or whatever, and uh, it was very funny, it was very funny. Um, so I'm actually kind of like I suppose that the show talks about that I learned to take the negative experiences and kind of make them into good ones and be grateful for them and you learn things from them and um, I certainly learned from that show yesterday because the woman from the comedy festival came out afterwards and she said that was brilliant <laughs> because you could see I wasn't delivering it was not planned at all it was mayhem and you know they get to they just get to see a different side of me so if I'm going to be preaching about like embracing all the things in life that are difficult for us and, uh, you know, uh, making something, not, not you don't even have to make something beautiful out of them. We just need to stop thinking of them as mistakes and start thinking of them as, as, as lovely experiences. And it's like, well, yeah, I've just got to... I was in the moment on stage going, ah, this is a shit show. And they're roaring, laughing at me going, this is a shit show. But me embracing the fact that this is a shit show and kind of getting on board with it, but then trying to deliver the story at the same time. <laughs> it was wild but i was in hindsight very grateful for it and i am very grateful for being over here for this uh, with this festival i suppose this is news that i wasn't um particularly uh thinking about telling you guys but actually i won't i won't anyway I, i i definitely didn't say it last week but i'll talk about it another time it's career stuff and um it'll come out uh, soon it's not a big deal and it wasn't even a big disappointment for me but there was an opportunity that came up that that didn't happen for me and um uh do you know i'm happy that it's not happening because it kind of freed me up a little bit i think i was too reliant or worried sometimes we we, we can think about things in terms of oh where's my money going to come from or where's you know my job ain't a, a regular job i ain't got regular work so it's kind of hard to uh to be able to figure out exactly where the the money's coming from all the time but you know it it makes you hustle as well it's going to make me hustle um so I, uh yeah yeah i i kind of um i definitely got stuck in my head a little bit this week with with stuff that or in the last week i think it was 2 weeks ago actually i got the news with stuff that is not going to happen but Um, The older you get, the the more that you realise, the quicker I can let go of this disappointment and take it for what it is and move forward with no loss of enthusiasm, the better. They say that's what makes the best sports people the greatest sports people in the world, like Lionel Messi. They say part of the reason that he is great is his ability to let go of something negative that's happened quickly. The quicker he can let these things go, like he misses a penalty or he misses a shot, the quicker he turns around and continues to play as if nothing has happened, that is success. That is what makes you successful. That's what what makes the people at the top of their game really, really, really good. It's not just their talent. And maybe they have even better talents and they've got even better skills and they're, they're, you know... They have all these crazy ways of sc- Messi has crazy ways of scoring goals and all that. It's because every time he made a mistake when he was learning how to do these do these things, he just let it go. He didn't even think of it as a mistake. And that's what I'm trying to um well I, I think I have done a good job already. I know I'm over I'm over the disappointment of that thing. But I think that's a Dez quote. I think Des said to me that, or maybe I can't remember, maybe Des and I talked about it, but they say that success is the is the ability to move from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And I couldn't agree more. And we've all been through that in our lives, and I think in some ways the work that I do, I feel like I'm privileged in that way because I do get to experience that on a much more regular basis than the average person does. Um because there, nothing is certain in my game. The next job is never certain. The next job, the next joke going to work is never certain. The next show being a good show is never certain. You never know. Whereas beforehand, where I've been in regular jobs, you know, the the highs and lows they don't exist, and that's part of the reason why I feckin' left probably that world is that it became, you know, it became too, um, you know. Every day was just like I—I I could see what I was doing with every day, and um, there wasn't excitement. but I wasn't get turned on by everything that I was doing every day, and you know what I mean by turned on. I mean, life-wise turned on. You know, and uh, now there's plenty of day jobs that, that I absolutely love. So I'm not saying all my all the day jobs were shit, but what I'm saying is that the 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 disappointments that you had to get over in those types of work—they they were very 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 few. And you know, you might miss out on getting a new role or something like that, or. Um, you might miss out on on moving to a new company or something like that. But those things, you know, happen far less often than in my game. They happen every day. And sometimes you can get a bit worn down by them and kind of think like, oh, maybe I should go back to Cutting Wood for a living or whatever. Which definitely happens, by the way. I don't like the way that people sometimes in my business or the artistic business like, I never give up, I never give up, I just continue believing, I never had doubts. You're like, fuck off, that's not real. You have to have doubts. Well, you're not a robot, you know? I think all the time about, I honestly don't think about going back and making coffee again. And sometimes I kind of have a notion about going back and cutting wood again. Being a carpenter, that's what I did, for those of you who don't know. It was the first thing I did when I came out of school. I dropped out of school, and I was an apprentice carpenter. But I don't think I'll be going back to that either. I think I have come to a place of accepting myself that this is what I do. I write, I perform, and anything um, that I do in the future, uh, work-wise, revolves around those two things. Can you hear that? Maybe you can't. i will trying to hear it in the ear. There you go, you should have heard it there. Something's buzzing. Sounds like a lawnmower to me. Anyway, I was getting all philosophical there. I'm here for the bloody lols, haven't I? So, I, I'm, I'm also, I should have said from the start of this, I haven't left my bed to do this podcast. I'm sitting in bed doing this. <laughs> I've been in bed at 9 o'clock three times this week and it, in, in the evening, and it's been amazing, and I sleep till nine ten at least, like straight zonk, bonk, like exhausted. But, um... Yeah, uh, I uh, haven't left left the bed, and uh, that's just the, the, the way everything has rolled uh, at this Edinburgh Fringe Festival, thank you very much. I'm exhausted. I have loved every bit of this, but I am exhausted. A lot of me feels that I'm not old, I'm like I'm too old for this stuff, but it's about pacing yourself to, in the right way, and I am absolutely shattered and exhausted that I'm sleeping a lot. Um... But it's for a good thing. It's for a good thing. I've really, like, this is, this? everyone says it, and it's true. This is the gym. This is going to boot camp. This is Kevin Gildee of uh, Father Ted and many other things said to me the other night that this is like putting three years of stand-up comedy into one month, and it advances your years. It advances your experience. It makes you a better comic, and I'm definitely a better comic off this. It's pushed me in my performance. Of all the things that I would have thought that I don't need to work on because I, I naturally have it better than a lot of other people, performance but actually what uh, Edinburgh has done is make me perform a lot better like I did a club thing I did a best of Irish at the stand last night and it was a I found myself performing differently holding the room with every word that I said and that makes you back up every word that you say that makes you think and perform differently and uh I really, I've really enjoyed finding that over here. I've really enjoyed finding different ways of performing and not just taking it for granted, that I'm not just going up there and delivering words of really sitting into every thought, every idea that I'm selling the audience. and um, It's very different. I feel uh, a lot more grounded in my performance than I ever have before. So that's good. And I have the hunger to write a, a new hour for next year. So that's good as well. I do feel old though. I've got aches and pains in my body all the time. <laughs> um but yeah, I might be getting a massage today, actually. One of the uh, one of the comedians is a, a an ex professional masseuse. Uh, I, I hurt my uh <clears throat> Des is gonna go, it's your hip broke. It's your fucking hip bro. You gotta go check it out, bro. So uh yeah, something going on in that area. The hip is all hurting me. So a masseuse has checked out that my hip flexor is not activating and blah da blah blah Anyway, I'm whinging now. No one likes a whinger, do we? Nah. I'm going to make a coffee. I'm going to make toast. I'm going to put butter, peanut butter, and then jam on top of that toast. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to drink a coffee. I'm going to do that 10-11 minute walk down the road to nature. Because I felt that I wanted to be in nature for quite a while, I'm sure... Isn't nature where we all came from? We're all just nature. And in a way, my body and my mind just feel like I just kind of want to go home to nature. I am homesick for my nature in Ireland. I'm homesick for my offspring, for my daughter, for holding her, for hugging her, tickling her, making her laugh, running around the park, arguing. She said to her mother the other day, I was on a video call and she said, her mother said to her, will you please get ready? Why do I have to ask you twice? If I have to ask you twice, then we all get annoyed and then it's a big problem and we we wouldn't have this problem if I just had to ask you once. And my daughter said to her mother, yeah, or you could maybe just not annoy me. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is... Me in my daughter. That is my daughter using things that she's heard me say against her mother. So it's all ahead of me. I'm in big, big trouble. <laughs> but I love her very much. I'm going out in nature. Maybe we should all try that this week. Send me pictures on Instagram of if you get to go out in nature somewhere, wherever in the world you are. I know there's people have listened to this podcast in Syria, in Canada, in uh, Argentina, in Australia. Send me a picture. I'd love to see it on Instagram. Send me a picture of uh, wherever your nature is. That'd be a cool thing to share with each other. Maybe I'll post some of them on Instagram stories. Anyway, that's it. I did it. I'm going to get up now. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to wash myself. I'm going to have that toast. And I'm going to have a good day. Thank you so much. And all that's left to say, ladies and gentlemen, is peace and love.